we're going to do. We're going through this uh, quickly. So, as far as the weekend goes, you'll want to make sure that you grab a book on your way out. The book we're reading this fall is called Sit, Walk, Stand. It is a classic book by a missionary named Watchman Nee. It's got a very cool name. So, uh, Watchman Nee, Sit, Walk, Stand. Uh, it is really, really good, but it's certainly nothing that's going to uh, crush you from a reading standpoint. Um, but you will be encouraged and have accountability through your Bible studies as normal. We will be pushing you guys pretty hard to make sure you do read this. So please take a book and please don't let it sit on the shelf. Here's what you can't do. Take a book for your three friends that aren't here. Okay? Just don't do that. It gets too confusing and we start missing too many books because people grab books for the same people, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of thing. So you can grab a book for yourself. Do not grab a book for your Bible study leader either. Okay? I know many of you get a message from your Bible. Hey, grab me a book when Rick gives out the books. Don't do that either. I'll make sure they get a book, okay? Or I will purposely have a book given to them through a specific person. So we're kind of tracking that as well. Does that make sense? So you can grab a book on your way out. That's all I have for the leader weekend. We're going to look at this, praying for the lost, okay? This is something um, that we're going to be doing tonight when you guys get together as teams um, on the schedule. Um, I've mentioned praying for the lost. This is something that uh, we certainly want to make the highest of priorities. And this is going to give you all kinds of great um, uh, strategies and ways to do this. So... Let's look at a couple quotes. Brothers, my desire, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for them that they may be saved. It's a quote from Paul, giving us a quick picture of his prayer for the lost. Some great quotes. Prayer is the lifeline of the New Testament evangelism, the oxygen for its holy fire. The New Testament was born in prayer. It knows no evangelism without prayer, and no prayer which does not lead to evangelism. Talking to men for God is a great thing, but talking to God for men is greater still. He will never talk well with real success to men for God, who has not learned well how to talk to God for men. Do you have a heart to pray for the lost like Jesus did? Do you have the passion that inspired John Knox to plead, give me Scotland or I die? Is your attitude that of George Whitfield, who prayed, O oh Lord, give me the souls or take my soul? Do you, like Henry Martin, mourn when you see others trapped in false religion and cry out, I cannot endure existence if Jesus is so dishonored? I hope in God, I pray on and look yet for the answer. They are not converted yet, but they will be. George Mueller. So a couple of things about just these first few quotes that I read. Just to point out briefly, one is, as I'm praying about all this, sometimes I wonder if, and you read these quotes, sometimes I wonder if praying for the lost is more about us than it is about them. As much as that doesn't motivate you, probably, to pray for the lost, <coughs> I, I think it gives a foundation to the importance of it. That if you, it's kind of like if you really are a Christian, if this is really important to you, if you really believe the things that you believe, 
you're going to become passionate and be passionate about prayer. You know, there's a famous story about uh, five young students that showed up at, uh, uh, college-age students showed up at Charles Spurgeon's church when it was at the highest point, like it was, you know, tens of thousands of people coming to listen to Spurgeon preach every week. And they show up, and they're kind of lost, not sure where to go, and there's this, they kind of meet an older guy, and he's like, can I help you guys? And they're like, yeah, we just, we came from, you know, however many miles away, I was wondering if you could kind of like show us around, tell us about the church. He's like, sure. He's like, he's like, come on, I'll show you around. And he takes him, shows him a couple places, and he takes him downstairs, and they go down to this basement where it's like kind of crazily, you know, darker, a little bit in the hallway and that kind of stuff. And um, as he takes him down the hallway and he, he takes him, there's a big sign on the door. It says boiler room. He opens up the door and it's this huge, huge room that's underneath the church. And it had 750 people in the middle of prayer, praying. And the students are like, and he's like, oh, and, and the guy closes the door and says, yeah, this is what goes on while we're preaching, while, while, while we're giving the message. The boiler room is packed and prayer is going on. And of course, these guys had no idea. The guy was like, you know, that was Charles Spurgeon, who they had met, you know, coincidentally and showed him the boiler room in the boiler room prayer. The importance of prayer like that, born out of a passion in you, in us, for the lost. I mean, that's kind of the, the real principle. It's like, do we really care for the lost? Is it really a passion for us? Is it really important for us? If it is, then we pray. Then we pray. A couple more quotes. Though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And even if the gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And there's a quote about that scripture. The blinding or veiling of the mind mentioned in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4 causes a universal incapacity to comprehend the way of salvation and is opposed upon unregenerate man by the arch enemy of God in his attempts to hinder the purpose of God and redemption. It is a condition of mind against which man can have no power. So suddenly prayer becomes so vital, right? If you truly believe that no student, not a single one is going to come to Christ unless you pray, it changes everything. We, we're so caught up in our strategies and tools and the things that we do that we, we think it's prayer and we're constantly doing the prayer and thing. Whereas this scripture, this scripture plus what, what's being said here is super clear. Like it's not prayer and, it's prayer. Because it's just God. It's God removing the blinders. It's God uh, giving them a, a new life and taking down or releasing them from the, the evil that has them enslaved. Only God. Prayer is the slender nerve that quickens the muscles of omnipotence. Another great Charles Spurgeon quote. I mean, I hope you guys realize 
how crazy unique. We're going to obviously be working on praying for the lost. You do re realize when you pray for them that no one, in almost every case, no one on the face of the earth is putting that person before the throne of Jesus. No one is setting that name, that person, before the king and saying, Oh Lord, have mercy on this soul. You're it. Right? You understand that, right? Not, not only are there very few real running around Christians out there doing anything at your school regardless, but they're not working through praying for students like we're talking about, praying for lost students like we're talking about. It's so unique what you're doing. So we're going to, we've done things like this before. If you have a top 10 list, we're going to then, great, you're going to make another one if you've ever heard me use that term. But you're going to need a note card. And just so you know, there's some colored ones in here, for those of you who like colors. Uh, the, uh, you are going to keep this note card in your Bible, like always. Like, 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 here's how it could work. Like, I could easily, you guys might, why don't you guys come? Because otherwise it's going to get funnier and funnier when people try to get in the door. So, uh, I'm going to be like, you and I, we're, we're going to be like, I'm going to see you at some, you know, leader weekend thing or down the road. Like, I'm going to, you know, we're going to be at like all area campaigners and I'm going to be there. You're going to be walking by with your Bible and be like, hey, you know, Gracie, uh, let me see your uh, prayer card. And she's going to open her Bible and pull it right out. Right? Like, that's what, that's what it needs to be like. Okay, this is a big deal. This prayer card needs to stay with you. That's why I got colors. So because we were like, oh, I like colors for that kind of stuff. So coming around, make sure you grab yourself a card. Yeah. Sorry the colors aren't more crazy. All right, we're going to go through this quick. Here's what you're going to put on your prayer card. Okay? You guys look. Everybody look at... Don't worry about the cards. They'll get to you. Everybody look at me so you know what to put on your card. See this right here? This I literally made this so I could like read it and then you can take it with you. And tonight you'll be like, wait, what did Rick say? Oh yeah, it's right here, okay? Like I'm almost, I don't think I'm gonna say anything that's not on the card or not on the sheet, kind of, right? So here's how it works. On the front of the card, you're gonna make your top 10 list. You're gonna list 10 students that you barely know, don't know at all, okay? that you feel like the Lord is nudging you to pray for. Ten lost students. This is why I encourage you, you're going to need a yearbook tonight. You're going to need to pull out the roster for the JV uh, soccer team, and you're going to look at the names, and you're going to ask the Lord, like, are these some names of some folks you want me to put on my top ten list? You're going you're gonna to find some folks, okay? This is not a list of students at campaigners, and this is definitely not a list of anyone who's been to summer camp, and it's not a list of folks who come to things. Does that make sense? This is a list of people who are gone, like way out there. The unchurched. Okay? So you're going to make a list of 10 students on the front of your list, right? Leave some room and some space so you might want to add some names as you go in the future. But right now or when we do this, you're going to try to come up with 10 names. Okay? Talk to your team. Maybe you guys can do some names that are together, or maybe you want to split up and make sure everybody's, hey, you're covering some JV soccer girls, you're covering some JV soccer guys. Like, 
you know, that everybody, we're trying to cover more bases with our prayer for the lost. Okay? Here on the back, you're going to list 10 words. You don't need to put any more than 10 words because you're going to pray so much for the lost for this list, you're going to have memorized what these 10 words mean. Does everybody understand that? If you don't, then you aren't, it doesn't take long. Literally, I've been praying this list of 10 things for the lost for like two weeks now with Young Life College, and it took maybe three or four times of prayer before I like, I know what each word means. I don't have to go back and think about what each word means. Like, does that make sense? Now you're going to have to pray it. Like if you just think you're going to like remember, because Rick talked about it three weeks ago and I can remember what these words mean, you won't remember. But if we're praying this regularly, if when you have a quiet time, you like pull it out because it's that big, great, bright green note card that sticks out in your Bible. And you're like, oh yeah, I should, I'm going to take some time to pray for the lost this morning. All right, part of our devotional time. Here are the 10 words. Okay, I'm not going to go through them because you're just going to write them down. You would write down so your note card might be sideways probably. I mean, you can do your note card like this, but I would suggest like this. It's just the way that I do it, so that's why it's better. Uh, I really have no reason why it would be one way or the other. But if you, you this is the order, but you would do like the five words here, and then you could start the next five words another column if, you're, if your card was sideways. If your card is up and down, you just make all ten words that way. Does that make sense? that work? Okay. So here is what these words mean. Okay. Don't make notes on the cards. Don't try to give yourself a little cheat. Okay. You got this for your cheat until you have it memorized, right? Because you're praying so much for the lost. And as I remind you guys of these 10 things quickly, as I remind you of them, I promise you will be like, oh yeah, that's me. Oh yeah, that God did that for me. That's how that happened for me. Okay. This is because part of the thing is, is we're like, oh, let's pray for the lost. And you're like, oh, Lord, I pray for uh, Jimmy that you would save him. And that'd be great. Like, we, we, we kind of get lost in, like, the how do I pray for Jimmy? What do I pray for Jimmy so that he uh, goes from darkness to light? from the power of Satan to the power of God, how do I pray more specifically for Jimmy's soul? Does that make sense? So this is the specifics. This is a way to do that, so that you're praying specifically. The first thing you're going to say is, there's the scripture. I'm just going to read this pretty much. Lord, sanctify Jimmy. Imagine a bubble of influence around Jimmy's life, and you're praying that things that are not godly would move away, and you're praying that things that are godly would move in. Does that make sense? So you're praying, Lord, sanctify him. Move out things that aren't people that aren't godly. Move in people who are godly. Sanctify him. Lord, bless Jimmy. If you think about it, there were times before you really came to Christ where you were being wooed by God, by Jesus. There's things that happened that made you think that God is real and loves you. You were being wooed. You're being blessed. Like this scripture in Romans 2 is super clear, like, it's right before Romans 2, 5, which we saw, I saw last night. And I think as I was reading it, it was like this crazy, like, yeah, you're going to hell. It's going to be terrible. It's Romans 2, 5. But right before that, before the conviction comes the blessing, which means you're praying, Lord, bless them. Lord, do something that woos them, that reminds them of how much you love them and care for them, right? And desire to be with them. 
Woo them. Bless them. Lord, convict them. Now you're praying that they would have a conviction of a great need in their life. Key moments in their life that bring the conviction that they have a need or a problem. The conviction that something isn't right. Key events that make clear that they are not reconciled with God. A conviction. Something's wrong. There's a need. Lord, illuminate them. This is when you have a breakthrough of a mind. Think about any kind of like aha moment that you might have where you're like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, I get it now. Oh, that totally, right? Like it's the aha moment. It's illuminating of their mind. Uh, you want them to be um, enlightened, right? You want them to start to, the light bulb to go on, right? I'm, I'm sure you guys can identify with these stages, right? Lastly, you pray, Lord, save them. After several aha moments, someone might be saved, but you got to pray that these aha moments and these convictions actually lead them to salvation. The second set of words, the second column, if you're doing columns, is, is the prayers more specifically for the salvation of the student. So when a student gets close to salvation, it's because the word has been planted. Truth has been planted in there somehow. And truth has begun to dig into their mind and heart. So the next, these five prayers that you're going to say when you're praying for them to be saved, you're basically praying, Lord, I ask that in Jimmy's life that your word may, and then these five different things. Does that make sense? So this is, this is like a subset of salvation. Like, Lord, save them, and here's how that happens. Lord, may your word be unhindered. Imagine the four soils and the seeds scattered on them. You're praying that the first thing wouldn't happen, where a farmer goes out and throws the seed, and right away a bird comes and snatches it up. Well, that is exactly what evil wants to do to every seed that is planted. Every bit of truth that's planted in someone's life who's not a believer, they are trying to steal it away as quick as possible. So you're praying that God's word would not be unhindered, would not be, would not be held back, would not, would not get stolen away, right? Then you want to pray that Lord, the, God's word would be glorified. Pray that the heart of the student would be in awe of God's word. A non-believer's reaction to the word or to truth will be one, one or the other, one of disgust or repel or one of awe and wonder. Think about that. Right? The scriptures are super clear on the aroma of Christ. Like, it's not, there isn't really a middle ground. It's like, either you're like, wow, that's, that's awesome. Or you're like, that's stupid. That's fools. Only idiots think that way. Like, it's just one or the other. So you're praying, Lord, may your word be glorified. May their response to the word be one of awe, of wonder, of, of amazement at your word and your truth. Lord, we pray that your word would multiply. Whenever the word takes root, it always starts small, but then just continues to grow and multiply. Pray that the student would not be able to let go or to stop thinking about the truth that's been planted. What was once a side thought starts to become a life issue. Think about, right, all of us, when you came to Christ, this was going on, right? You probably see all these things where you're like, there's this truth in there and you heard it and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then like the next day you're like, man, that is you know, and it starts growing in you. The, the thought, like, I can't stop thinking about this truth. Like, man, maybe Jesus really did do this. Maybe he really did die for me. And the truth begins to grow like a weed in your mind, right? And it can't be stopped, right? And it keeps going. That's what you're praying. Lord, let your word multiply in that student's mind and heart. Keep it, keep it going. Lord, we pray that your word would prevail. 
Almost all of us experience the word showing its power. This is about God's word showing power. Consider those times in your life when you, like, you guys all been there, right? You read something that's true from the word that God gives you, and you're like, boom, that is, right? I have notes in my Bible where it says boom, right? Because when I was reading it, I was like, whoa, that's awesome, right? And you just have this completely, like, boom experience, like, man, that is powerful, that is like the duname, right, of the dynamite in Hebrews 4.12. That is God's word. Like, so you're praying, Lord, may your word prevail. May your word show great power. And then lastly, as important maybe as anything else, Lord, we pray that your word would be effective. This is the prayer that gets to salvation, that the Holy Spirit and God's word would come together with a big, loud boom, multiplying, glorifying, and being unhindered, and that student would have no other choice but then to give up their life to the irresistible grace, sorry, any Arminius in here, to the irresistible grace that God has, okay? Be effective. Why not pull out your list during your leader Bible study or a leader meeting? What better use of your time could there be during those one to two hour meetings than to take 15 minutes or more and pray for the lost? Imagine if at all your leader Bible studies or everybody just pulled out their card because we all keep them with us in our Bibles. And we pull out your card and together we start praying for the lost. Just 15 minutes every time we're together, every meeting. I mean, I'm not talking like crazy time there, right? What would happen to us and to the lost, and to those we're praying for. So, that is that. So here's what I would like you to do. I'm going to give you five minutes right now to work on your card. Okay? So you have five minutes. If you don't finish it, it's fine. But at least on the back side, you can put the ten words. Does that make sense? So you can do that on the back side. Maybe you have a name or two that the Lord's already nudging you on. Don't go crazy, like, just list every name you can think of, right? I'm encouraging you, like, Lord, you know, who do you want me to pray for? When, when I was a part of all the high school ministries that I was a part of, and, and still today, even with college, I do this, like, I don't just have any name on those prayer lists, right? I remember being at Boone County High School when we were starting Boone in the 90s, and I'm at a basketball game, and the Lord kept nudging me about a sophomore on the basketball court. He had red hair. He was a decent guard. He wasn't like the best guy in the court or anything. But the Lord just kept nudging me about it. And finally, I asked the one girl I knew at the time. I literally only knew one girl at uh, Boone County High School at the time. And she was in the stands. I moved over and said, hey, uh, Jessica. I said, uh, who's the red-haired guy out there? He said, oh, his name's Brent. And I was like, oh, okay. What's his last name? She tells his last name. So I literally start praying for him. I put him on my top 10 list. I start praying for him. He was, uh, I was nudged to pray for him. It was a specific thing. Does that make sense? I didn't just look at a random list and just write down random names. Now, I'm not saying that's why you have some yearbooks and some things to work off of, but you also don't want to just throw willy-nilly just any name on there. Like ask the Lord for some names. Right, because really great prayer is really great listening. We talked about that. I mean, right? Have you guys heard me talk? Right? You want to be a great person of prayer? That just means you're a great listener. So go ahead. You got five minutes. Um, 
write down your 10 words on the back and then you can uh, work on a few names if you have it. Talk to your teammates if you want, that's fine. All right, everybody look up here. We're gonna finish up. For those of you who have not read um, Hudson Taylor's biography, I would, not, yes, Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor was uh, one of the early missionaries to China, did amazing missionary work, uh, missionary organization that's still ongoing today that he was a part of and started. But what's most crazy about Hudson Taylor was his unrelenting prayer and passion that he had for China and for people in China before he ever got there. It's one of the things that stands out to me the most in the book. And he was between the ages of 18 and 23 when he was praying and having this kind of passion. So he's right in the same, he's your age. And God used his life, obviously, to change thousands, hundreds of thousands as a result of his ministry. Um, but it was born out of a passion and a prayer and him praying relentlessly for China. So I encourage you to read Hudson Taylor's book if you've uh, not read it. I believe we read The Spiritual Secret in Leadership not too long ago. Was it last fall? That's what I no. thought. Maybe two falls ago. So a lot of you have read Hudson Taylor's, but I mean, you will remember this young person and his crazy passion and his intense prayer for China. I would implore all of you that this would be your road, right? To be this kind of passion and prayerful person for where God is calling you to give your life. So take this card seriously, right? I'm, that's why I'm saying keep it in your Bible. Open it up every time you have a quiet time and devotion, like pull it out. Just pray for a few minutes. I have copies of all of the other uh, discipleship students in in our discipleship, and I pray their prayer list regularly. And one of the things that we're going to do is I'm going to make a new Slack channel, okay? Because um, that's what we, we need more Slack channels, right? <laughs> I'm going to make a new one, though, that will be only for you posting your prayer card, a picture of it, because I'm going to pray your list, right? And I, I we will all get a picture on there. Right after you, when you get your names on there, right? And all of you can go on there anytime and pray for your brothers and sisters in this room and pray for their lists. What would it be like if you, and you're just in a conversation catching up with a leader that you haven't talked to in a while, a good friend, but you haven't had a chance to catch up, and you're able to say, hey, how, how are things going with Sally McGillicuddy? You're like, oh, how did you know? I've been praying for her because she's on your list. How cool, right? So, that's what we're going to do. Let me pray, um, and then we will head out, go to dinner with your team, uh, and then go to some football games, first games tonight. It's good stuff, right? People are super excited. All the football coaches are, that are leaders were pretty pumped. Um, if you have time and you don't need to run off quickly, or maybe your game is far away, uh, for those of you who can, we are going to be doing our first baptism, actually, 
right after this, out on the basketball court, Samantha Ann Shear is getting baptized. No, just Seamer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Samantha Ann Seamer is getting baptized out on the basketball court. Um, that's because Amy is not able to be here tomorrow night. So that's what we're going to do, Samantha, tonight. So if you want to come, stick around for five minutes. It's literally, right, five minutes. Uh, we'll be out on the basketball court. Otherwise, get with your team and take off and get to dinner so you can get to your football game in plenty of time. Jesus, thank you so much that you invite us into this great work, this amazing work, this more important work than anything happening literally on the earth work. Thank you, Lord, that we're not just here to watch, although that is part of, that is the big thing, but we're, we actually are vessels, instruments, we're part of this whole thing. And you, Lord, you long for hearts that, that just bleed with prayer because of a, of a very clear understanding of the reality of what matters. That there's no mistaking heaven and hell. And these things are real. And the desperate need that we would feel because of that to pray for our young friends who don't know you, don't walk with you, Lord, who are literally bound by evil demons just enslaved, enslaved to this world and its horrific thoughts and ideas and principles. So Lord, give us courage to become great people of prayer, born out of a great passion for our young friends and our calling that we have. Pray for our prayer tonight that it would be beautiful and intense and we've left up so many students, hundreds and hundreds of lost kids being put before your throne tonight. And pray this in your name, Jesus.